This week's podcast brought to you by Belted Hats. Our eight-year-old for her birthday desperately wanted a pair of crutches. There's a kids' museum nearby that whenever we go there, she walks around on the crutches the whole time. So for her birthday, she got a pair of crutches, and she's been using them a lot over the course of the last few weeks. This weekend, she came in limping a little bit to our living room where I was sitting, showed me her toe, and said, Mom, I was using the crutches, and I banged my toe on the crutches. I look at her baby toe, and I said, you know what? It's only, it's fine. You'll know it's broken because it'll turn black and blue and swell and be red. And I looked at her toe, and it was already black and blue and swollen and red. And now our eight-year-old needs her crutches. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're you may be listening to this on Thanksgiving. You may be listening to this after Thanksgiving. You may be listening to this on your Thanksgiving drive. We're making a Thanksgiving drive three and a half hours on the Mass Pike to Three Cape and a half hours if we're lucky. If we're lucky. The Mass Pike, whose official signs are a hat with a buckle on it. The Pilgrim hat. The Pilgrim hat. So what more of a, what more of a Thanksgiving experience than to be stuck in traffic on the Mass Pike? Don't be surprised. I'm just having this recovered memory. Don't be surprised if our 12-year-old in particular doesn't want to eat any turkey on Thanksgiving. Two days ago, it was this weekend, I was backing out of the driveway, and our 8-year-old said, Mom, look up on the road. And we live on a little cul-de-sac, very, very not busy street. And you saw all of a sudden a turkey walk by, then a second turkey walk by. Four turkeys were walking up our street and uh just then our our 12 year old got in the car and i i just made a joke oh we should have one of those for thanksgiving dinner and our 12 year old said no and um anyway i'm afraid i may have planted that image in her brain of the four turkeys as they're walking up the street that one of them might be part of our thanksgiving because as one of our kids once famously said to me famously at our dinner table what is chicken made out of Right, <laughs> and I said it's just it's just chicken. It's just you just get it at the grocery store. It's chicken, like you get cereal. My fav- my you know, we were talking about the Mass Pike, the Pilgrim hat with the buckle on it. I've always wondered if at those first Thanksgivings, if after a big meal, the Pilgrims loosened the buckle on their hat <laughs> after dinner, the way that some people, certainly not me, uh, undo the button on their pants. You don't do that. Is that because you're wearing elasticized waisted yeah, pants? Yeah, exactly. I, I I come prepared with the. Uh, Sweatpants, drawstrung sweatpants. This morning I was at the grocery store for, I think, the third time in four days. Because this weekend when I went to the grocery store, I was just getting stuff that we needed for our house. But this morning I went and um, I don't want to shop once we get up to Cape Cod. So I bought some stuff here. And we're hosting a large party of people, right? So I was at the grocery store anyway, getting whatever I needed. But I realized how much darn time I spent at the grocery store when I was checking out and the woman who was checking me out said you came at a good time it's not all that busy today she said it it was busy yesterday I said yeah it was really busy on 
Saturday and Sunday, too, because apparently I was at the grocery store more often than the woman who was actually working at the grocery store. I love it when you say the woman who was checking me out at the grocery store. Right, right. She was ringing you up. Right. right. The woman who was ringing me up. Yes. While checking you out. Right. There you go. Well, you sent me to the grocery store last week. You said, asked if I was planning to go out to get lunch. And I said, no, I wasn't. And you said, well, if you if you do decide to go out and get lunch, <laughs> I need a can of diced tomatoes. Well, we were both working from home. And I needed to make, uh, I needed an ingredient to make our dinner because I had to make, pre-make the dinner. Um, I, I don't think it was a crock pot meal. It was not a crock pot meal, but I was making dinner. Pre-making, so that, pre-making the dinner? Right, I was, you were making the dinner. I was making the dinner. Well in advance of dinner. In advance of dinner so that all you had to do was heat it up because I, I was going to be at one of our kids' practices. I, all I had to do was preheat it. Right. <laughs> right. And so I just said to you, were you going to go out and get yourself something for lunch? Because you do that sometimes. You're writing here. You just want to get out of the house so you get lunch. And While um, I'm thinking of it, somebody asked me recently on Twitter, if if they pre-ordered my book, would that be different from ordering it? And And I understand what they're saying. I'm sorry. Carry on. So anyway, there was a chance when I asked the question that you would have been planning to run out to the center of town and could easily stop at the grocery to get me a thing or two. Well, I did. I went to the grocery to get you diced tomatoes. First, I asked you, why don't I get fresh tomatoes and then dice them? And you said, no, this recipe calls for canned diced tomatoes. So I went to the grocery store and said, where am I going to find canned diced tomatoes? And then I looked on the sign. Each each sign in the aisles at Stop and Shop or any other grocery have about six items on them. They can't possibly even hint at the plethora of items in each aisle. And yet, without exception, every time I go to the grocery for something like that, the specific item is on the sign. So I'm looking up at the signs, and there on a sign with five other items is canned tomatoes. So I went to that aisle, and I found the diced tomatoes. Listening to you talk about going to the grocery store is like doing a docu- watching a documentary on somebody who's woken up from a coma after 30 years, or um, what are those like? caveman lawyer, caveman husband unfrozen things. Unfrozen caveman lawyer. Yeah, unfrozen caveman husband. Um, that's what it's got to be like for most people when they listen to you talk about going to the grocery store. Well, it wasn't just diced tomatoes that you sent me for. You also It's like a scavenger hunt every time I go. You also asked if I could pick up paper napkins. And naturally, I went to the aisle that had paper towels. Right. Right? Wouldn't oh, you think paper napkins would be with the paper towels. They're made by the same people from the same stuff. They're just in a different form. They're not on a roll. They're folded. I can see why you would think that, absolutely. But they weren't there. No, they weren't. They were with all all the other paper goods were there. Toilet paper, paper towels, other paper products. But not paper napkins. No, but, but I started playing CSI Stop and Shop and thought, where would they? I, you have to think like the, uh, you have to embody the criminal mind and think, where would these people trying to fool me put the paper napkins? Perhaps they're with other picnic products, paper plates, plastic forks. I almost said plastic silverware, which would be a contradiction. And so I went to the next aisle over, saw the paper plates, and next to them were the paper napkins, and I felt like I felt like Columbo, quite frankly. And I'll give you a pass on that, because the two things that I tend to go to the wrong aisle for, and they're in aisles that are right next to one another, one of them is napkins, um, and the other one is Kleenex. Sometimes when I'm looking for the Kleenex, the tissues, I go to the aisle that has the napkins and vice versa. But yeah, those those two aisles can be a little bit tricky. One of them is more for, you know, storing, preparing, 
consuming food and the other one is for cleaning up those and and, and napkin is not for the cleaning up because that's just how they do it there also last week it may have been the same day you came home with uh with a stranger's dongle what happened there <laughs> well last week we were talking on the podcast about dongles explain for those who may not have listened to every single podcast well i i did not know the word dongle existed our our friend across the street was telling us that she needed a dongle as the adapter for her phone and and i'd never heard the word which reminds me my math was way off because you said the origin of the word dongle was from 1981 and i think on the podcast i mentioned that that was 17 years ago and and quite a few of our listeners sent me messages via twitter saying that my math was way off 1981 was not 17 years ago but instead was 37 years ago so yes i pre- i appreciate that help so anyway i mentioned how i had thrown away the dongle that came with my my iPhone because I I didn't know it was in there. You dumpster dived for it. And anyway, later on that day, later on that day, I was at... Later on the day of the uh, podcast. Of the podcast. The later on in the day of the podcast. The, but after it had been posted, so somebody had heard this. Yes. A friend of ours came up to me and said, Rebecca, I'll make a trade with you. And they gave me their dongle. He gave me his dongle that came with his iPhone. He said, I've had it for a year. I've never used it once. It was still in the packaging. So I now have a brand new someone else's dongle. And Carl, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Would you have accepted Carl's used dongle? <laughs> I don't I don't know if I would have accepted Carl's dongle if it wasn't in the packaging. You know, as a rule of thumb, <laughs> that's how I live. In keeping with this holiday festive podcast theme, I took our oldest daughter to New York on Saturday, and she wanted to go to, we, we had tickets to see a School of Rock, but uh, what she really wanted to do was go skating at Rockefeller Center. I, I have to say, having lived in New York for 10 years and been to New York a thousand times since, skating at Rockefeller Center was never high on my New York bucket list. You'd never done it before. Never done it. Never had any interest in doing it. Never thought about doing it. Well, I would. I would imagine as a single male, which was what you were for the most of the, most of the time you were living in Rockefeller Center, it would not have been high on your bucket list. No, no. And as a as a married male, it's not high on my bucket list. But as a married male with a thirteen year old daughter, that's why we did who it. Desired it, it, to do it. it. Now there seemed like go. the perfect time. It was fifty two degrees. I knew the ice would be in abysmal condition. Uh, the the sheet of ice is really. You are fifty one. You are in abysmal condition. I'm in abysmal it's, condition. It's it was a perfect, perfect, perfect marriage. marriage. So we went, and uh, we got there. They said come back at twelve fifteen. This session is over in five minutes. They'll resurface the ice. Is there actually a, a Rockefeller Zamboni. Center Zamboni? Absolutely. Is it a full size Zamboni? Uh, it's not a full size sheet of ice, but the Zamboni looked like it was yeah, Zamboni sized. Because you would wonder if they would make different. Do they make different sizes of Zamboni like they, they do, do of cars? Is there full to, size and mid size? I've been to the uh, Zamboni plant in Paramount, California. I, I've watched the Zambonis traveling at a stately pace of six miles an hour through the streets of this Los Angeles suburb. So is there like a smart car sized Zamboni? No. Smart car size. So no, there's is there only one one size Zamboni? That's what oh, I'm getting at. I just told you here. there are there's different multiple. sizes of Zamboni. Okay. Zamboni. But I don't I can't tell you what the smallest okay. iteration of the Well Zamboni in my is. brain there's a smart car sized Zamboni that's resurfacing the ice at Rockefeller Center. Well, they told us to come back while whatever size Zamboni they had did its thing. 
And so I took our daughter across the street to the bakery cafe place, waited in a long line. I was very hungry. She got something. I got a ham and cheese baguette that they toasted. Waited a while for that to, to be toasted. And when I finally got it, took it out onto, the, onto 49th Street. My daughter had to take her gum out and she wanted to put the gum in the bag that the sandwich had just come in. And I was taking the sandwich out and taking the gum and making this exchange. And long story short, the sandwich fell open-faced onto West 49th Street in New York. Or is it East 49th Street? Where does East and West stop? I don't know. I'm more fixated on your sandwich falling face down on 49th well, Street, so, whether so, it was East or West. So it, it, it fell, the, the ham, the cheese, the baguette, face down like an open book. And uh, as I picked it up, my daughter said accusingly, you're not going to eat that. And I said, of course I'm not going to eat that. And, and then I made sure she was walking two paces in front of me to the skating rink and I ate it. That's disgusting. Was there like anything in it? Did it did it grab any pebbles or dirt? I, I or snapped the sandwich shut. Or... I snapped it shut as soon as I picked it up to make sure that I didn't know the answer to any of that. See, this is one thing we've talked about. We've told the story before about you being in college, dropping your chimichangas in a puddle, then putting them on the radiator in your room and eating them. That's one thing. You were eighteen or nineteen or whatever you were. To be the age you are now. With four children and a one wife. Of, one, of whom, one of whom I learned of their imminent arrival while picking a potato chip off the floor, yes. as, you, as you tell me. This was our second child when I, you were in the kitchen and I was turned the corner. I had done the pregnancy test and I was about to eagerly tell you that we were expecting a second child as I watched you pick up a Tostito chip off the floor and put it in your mouth. It took all of the excitement out of me. I just said, by the way, we're pregnant again. <laughs> So and, and and that's the father of my child. And that's and that right there is the father of my child. And I'm so glad I wasn't in New York with you because I would have been thinking, and that right there is the father of my children. Like, why? I mean, you weren't in a hurry. Why couldn't you just? I understand the line was long. Just get back in line. Th- throw that baguette away. And they were not a baguette. But just we, no, get the point one. is, we had to get to the we had to get to the next session of the skating before that filled up. So. So you were right we across the street. You would have been 10 minutes later. Did it, would it have taken more than 10 minutes to get a new sandwich? It would have taken 10 minutes, yeah. The beauty of it is two twin beauties. One, 72 hours later, I'm alive and well, or at least alive. <laughs> right. And two, just as when we were skating around this, this small rink and everybody's taking selfies and posting them to wherever they post them, it was really just one photo op. There's not enough room to really get a good head of steam going. Like I like to do at open skate. I like to pretend I'm in an NHL warm-up situation. But um, but everybody's taking pictures. And I said to our daughter, we are in the background of a thousand vacation photos right now. Somebody somewhere in the world 10 years from now is going to be going through these photos on their phone and they're going to see you and me in the background skating. And by the same token, several of those people will be going home to wherever they came from telling about you know how crazy New York is and among their experiences they saw some some guy eating a sandwich out of the middle of 49th Street <laughs> it's so disgusting um, and and the two of you will be prominent in those photos because you are six five our 13 year old daughter is already just about six two and on ice skates what does that add three inches yeah. or so she was easily six five yeah easily six five in the skates so yeah. 
hopefully you, there's not photographic or video evidence of you eating af- the sandwich after dropping it on the on the street but there probably is there's probably video oh, evidence of everything is. that happens publicly because people are always taking video of something and now FAO Schwartz had, had reopened the day before on Friday at Rockefeller Center it used to be up up on 5th Avenue at Central Park South now it's reopened 5 years after it closed at Rockefeller Center, and there was a, a line, a long line, a rope line like you would see outside of a, a college bar or a club uh, for people waiting to get in when other people left. And, and all of those people had, had phones and, and were taking video of the surroundings, so I'm sure I'm in some of those videos. But the beauty of the Rockefeller Center skating rink is you go into this subterranean room, tiny room, buy your ticket to get your skate rental, rented skates, to turn over your shoes, shoot at the shoe check, and there's not room for everybody or even most people to sit down and put on their skates and tie their skates. And obviously moms are tying their kids' skates in there. And I thought, this is crazy that did, this did, is this small. Did you tie our daughter's skates or did she tie no, yours? I, I, Where I, are we in we, our, our... It was so cramped that we had to tie each other's. There's okay. no, no way to do it otherwise. And I heard one mother say somewhat aggressively to her two children, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And she was not saying that for their benefit. She was saying that clearly for her own benefit, like I'm never doing this again. Right, <laughs> right. But we, when we emerged and finally were let out onto the ice, and the ice was, how could it be in great shape? It was 52 degrees. So you're kind of uh, you know, trying not to fall down while navigating your way through these, this crowd of people. You get, you get 180 degrees from where you enter the ice to the opposite corner, as it were, and don't tell me there are no corners and ovals, I understand. There was a big, beautiful, glassed-in, uh, above-ground pavilion where people were in there, I don't know, ship sipping champagne or something. And there's a sign there that says VIP Skating Center, where you could pay extra to have a non- have someone else tie your skates Subterranean you? experience, yes. So classic New York uh, situation. Um just because I, this is how I am, I'm going to fixate again on, on the sandwich. What food would you not eat if it fell down? Like, I'm assuming on soup. this sandwich. Well, oh, uh, okay, soup. I'm assuming on the sandwich, the cheese is melted on the top. But, but the cheese is like a great grabber. So anytime you drop something with cheese on it on the floor, warm cheese, it like it envelops whatever the dirt or hair or whatever is on the ground. So I have to what, say, would for, you, would you for, eat for, pizza for, if it fell face down a, on the ground? For a midtown Manhattan street, it was pretty clean. <laughs> it had also just been Zambonied. But yeah, is there a food, you know, okay, soup, because you couldn't possibly then eat it. Is there a food that if you dropped a hand, a hand food, that if you dropped in the streets, you wouldn't then pick it up and eat it? Or does it have nothing to do with the food? Uh, if, if I dropped a snow cone face down on the street so that so that the, that the cone itself was on top like a little dunce cap right. on a melting You'd ball of that. ice, I would probably leave that. And I think I have done that before and left it. Okay, well, I'm glad you can draw the line and, somewhere. And, and for non-hand, non-hand foods, I would, I would say mashed potatoes. Oh, okay, well, there you go. Speaking of that, we a couple podcasts ago, we talked about you cleaning your face after eating a burrito from Chipotle, using the bag to clean your face. And uh, and then and the bag was like the Shroud of Turin. When I removed it, I could see pretty much my face reflected in the bag. One of my friends actually sent me a text after listening to that podcast, and he said that um, there was a time when he kept a full-size bath towel in his car to lay across his lap as he ate Burger King while driving. And he said then remarkably, 
I met my wife. So he kept a full-size bath towel in his car just for the purpose of covering his lap when he ate his burger What, what, a, what a thoughtful, uh, hygienic <laughs> friend you have. And, and he, I, he never mentioned how often he cleaned that towel, just that he had that towel in the car. Well, he kept it in his trunk. Of course he never cleaned the towel. But yeah. There's so many fascinating differences between men and women, and... That right there is one of them. I, there's probably not a single woman out there, at least not a single woman listening. I have no friends that would have a towel in their car just for the express purpose of catching burger drippings that, they, that happen while they're driving. Well, you say burger drippings, but when he says Burger King, I, I, I know exactly what he's talking about. The, the Whopper is too, too, has too large a circumference to really, really consider a hand food, especially when you're driving. You can't hold it in one hand and, and keep it all sort of intact. The Whopper Jr. is perfect for that reason. That's why I always get the Whopper Jr. at Burger King. But the Whopper itself, the, the lower lip flops down. And because it's a largely mayo-based uh, condiment sandwich, it's the mayo that you really have to worry about. I wonder how many people driving on, on Wednesday morning off to their Thanksgiving destination are now pulling over to buy a Whopper after listening to that description. Like it just got the juices in their stomach turning there in you know, salivating their they're eager to eat now a, a Whopper after that lovely description. Uh, mentally I'm I'm unbuckling my pilgrim hat as we as we speak. It's making me that hungry. As we're talking a little bit about food, we should mention that we are on our friends podcast uh, that was released yesterday, which would be Monday. The podcast is called The Jump Around. Blake Dudonis does a great job. He gets all kinds of guests on talking usually about women's basketball and college basketball. And uh, he did something a little different. He had a Thanksgiving draft. Steve and I and Eric Tebow, who is an assistant coach for the Washington Mystics, were on. And we we draft. We had a list of 40 items to have our Thanksgiving draft. And uh and I, I smartly, as my number one pick, chose the post-dinner nap because uh, as a parent, it's been close to 14 years since I had a nap. So um, that was my number one pick. But anyway, if anyone wants to listen to you and I, Eric and Blake, doing our Thanksgiving draft, they can uh, listen to the Jump Around podcast. And, and that wasn't even on the on the list of potential draftees because Blake provided Something no, like that items. one was oh, just it was. with okay. it was a snake draft. I I drafted fourth, and then with my fifth pick, I did the pre-dinner nap. That was the one that was not on the list. So my first two selections were naps because I'm a mother and um, I need naps. And I think I'll never get them. I think my proudest sleeper pick was um, the last slice of cranberry sauce from the can. Some, somebody said that that's actually called canberry sauce, but the last slice of canned cranberry sauce where you where you have the the uh, grooves from the lid of the can embedded in, in the slice. You know yes. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do, because I purchased some of that cranberry sauce today. My mom used to serve that at Thanksgiving. I loved it. I know it comes right out of the can. I know it's got those marks left on it, but I serve it just because of nostalgia, of nothing else, and it's delicious. But I bought some today, and cranberry sauce is one of those foods that you only buy at Thanksgiving. It's the only time of year I ever buy it. And I always forget where it is. And you and I were talking about that earlier. That's not one of the items that's listed overhead in the aisle. And it's in a it's in a weird spot. It's not with any canned any of the other canned items. It's not with beans or tomato sauce or anything else. It is right near where applesauce is. 
So you get your applesauce. It's on the bottom shelf. There's a, just a couple of cans of cranberry sauce. But it's that's the one item I literally had to go up and down aisles three or four times today because I couldn't find it. Even though it. it's only it's only a state of mind when it comes to a sauce. It's not really a sauce. It's not a sauce. What is it exactly? It's not like it's not a, it's a Pinocchio. Not a, it's it's the the puppet that wants to be a real boy, and it has sort of manifest itself. It it has it's, it's faked most, it till it's made it. It, well, it's it, most, it is now filed with sauce files, shelved with sauces. But it's at the grocery most store. like a jelly, but it's not with jellies. Like it's it really is a hard item to place, and so they put it near the applesauce, which I guess you know cranberry sauce, applesauce and, makes and, sense. And why why are there food items? I understand that some foods are only grown in certain seasons, but why are there food items that don't require growing only eaten in certain seasons? I, I, I personally well, would love to... have to be grown. The sauce is in a can, so it lasts year-round. It's extruded cranberry-like substance. Je- yeah. I don't exactly know what's in it. I'll have to look at those ingredients. But I, I personally would love to mow the lawn on a July day, come in and, and pound a, an eggnog. <laughs> you but always make seem, fun of eggnog. It See, doesn't seem socially acceptable to do that in August. Eggnog is another one of those things. My parents would get it around Christmas time. And if my dad would pour us some eggnog, and it was always like, I don't know, a quarter of a cup of eggnog, because of course it was so rich or whatever. They never spiked it. They never drank it that way. But as a kid, I can remember when we would, would trim the tree, when we would decorate the Christmas tree, part of the joy of it was drinking a, a couple sips of eggnog out of a glass. It's funny, the little, those little th- memories that you have, and, and you don't like eggnog at all, um, and you make I, fun of eggnog I, I don't like, as you make fun of like, many things. But I don't like any kind of nog. Are there, what other kinds of nog are there? Well, I imagine, as with jerkies, you can make nog out of anything. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to research that. You know, but my uh, stomach can only tolerate almond nog. You, you can only drink almond nog after it's been spilled on 49th Street. That's right. Let's hope that's almond nog. I'll go back to that food draft we did. One of the things that Blake had on the food draft was Chinese food. And last night, yesterday, we we did the draft, and and I was trying to figure out something for dinner. And you said, why don't we have Chinese food? You know, we were talking about Chinese food earlier today. It sounded good. And I think we've talked on this podcast before about how you do not like to speak to people on the phone. And that includes ordering food, whether it's pizza or whatever. Or off the phone. In fact, somebody knocked on our front door yesterday, and we were both home, both working, and there I was a knock, and, and, and you said, somebody's at the door, and I said, I'm aware of that, and then there, there followed a, a short game of chicken to see who was going to answer the no door. There was no game of chicken. I, I, I said, there's somebody at the door, which meant I was going to go answer the door. Uh, okay, I'm going to go off of the topic I was going to go on before, because this makes me think of this. This is how this is how we are different than our neighbors, for example. I remember our neighbor one time mentioning that if he was going to have somebody come and do something in the house, whether it was service their furnace or fix something or whatever, he would always make sure to be home because he did not want his wife to be home alone with whoever might be coming in to, to do some work. The last time we had somebody come, they, they actually came to service our boiler and they were they came a few days early. And you had just left the house, and I texted you and said, uh, oh, you know, the, they came a couple days early. The people came to service the boiler. And you're, um, you were headed out, not anywhere important, just to get a sandwich or something. And your response was, oh, that stinks. <laughs> it wasn't, well, let me come home and protect my woman <laughs> and protect the house from, 
you know, whatever might from happen. the person who goes around servicing people's boilers <laughs> yes. door to door. Yes. Well, it was just it just cracked me up the uh, the differences there. But anyway, back to the uh, Chinese. Let me just food. ask: was was our boiler serviced? Our boiler was serviced. The person who serviced it was very pleasant and kind and lovely. And I, I, I at no point felt the need to have you come back and protect me. But it was just I I, I swear to God. Yes. As God is my witness. <laughs> I couldn't find our boiler. I couldn't tell you what a boiler does. I didn't realize there still were boilers. Oh, there see, are still boilers. Yes, there are still, and and I can tell you where this house was built this century. I know, it, and and yes. it has a boiler. What is it boiling? Does it boil? It's boiling something? the water, which helps us generate the heat. How is that? It gives us from, our warm water, and it helps us with our heat. How is that different from the from the water heater? Or some people like to call it the hot water heater. The heat water heater and the boiler is the same thing. Oh, so and he's so, servicing your. Our water heater. Yes, and I do know where our water heater is. I do know the where to where the light is to check if for some reason our our water's not if we don't have hot water. I can check and see if that's there. So um, and I, I would so like we're to, good because because I got us covered when it comes to the boiler slash water heater. I, I I would like to apologize to my father who doesn't listen. He's a former Purdue Boilermaker. Is he like you? He doesn't listen at all, or he just doesn't listen to this podcast? He doesn't listen to this podcast, okay. or, or in general. I bet your father, even though he lives in a condo, I bet he still knows where the, the water heater is for the condo. Anyway. I, I know the Boilermakers are still thriving. I didn't realize there were still actual Boilermakers who were still thriving. Okay. I am now going to go back to the Chinese food. So I go online, because we have a great Chinese food restaurant right in town. I go online just to take a peek at their menu to see what we might want to order, and they have a terrific and convenient new way to order Chinese food. It's probably not new other places, but it's new to this restaurant. And that's you can place your order online. And so now you have no excuse. If we want to order food from the Chinese food restaurant, you can do it because you don't longer have to pick up a phone and call someone. You can actually place the order online. So you, that was you, such a nice new thing for me to and see. And yet you placed the order online and I had to go pick it up and confront the person at the counter where you pick it up, which means that awkward Why situation. Why are you confronting anyone? Because I have to say, pick up for Rebecca. First of all, I never know the name. Whose name is this? Pick up for Rebecca, pick up for Steve, pick up for Russian, pick up for Lobo. I don't, I don't know what to say. So I, we go through that, that catechism of possible pickup names that you left it in, and I didn't ask. When we got through that, she pulled up the only thing, the only order that was behind the counter, and I took it. She goes over the list of of everything that was in the order. I don't know what we ordered, so I say I have to, but I politely listen to her recite the entire thing and say, yes, I, I guess that's right. I don't know. And then when she rings me up, she presents me with the credit card receipt with the blank spot for the tip on a takeout order. And I never know what to do with that. You just sign it. You don't tip on a takeout order. Sure we've, you do. We've, we've established that. They have, they have, both, they have both the, the tip Line. It's it's and a- and and the the uh, the sort of Elmo's World goldfish bowl that they've that they've seated with a couple of five dollar bills on the hostess stand. So everything I've never about noticed. It, I've it's never a, it's noticed a two, the, I've never noticed the tip jar before. Move. But the whole reason that they have that line is because they use the same cash register for takeout orders as they do for dine-in orders. And, of course, people who are dining in are tipping. Those who are taking out are not tipping. What is why the goldfish bowl tip jar at the hostess thing? I don't know. But if you wanted to throw a dollar or two in there, I think that would be fine. I did. But you shouldn't feel compelled to tip 15 18 20% I don't tip on a 15 18 20%, percent, but I did throw a few bucks in the tip jar. And you survived. So you came back and... 
you proved that you could successfully do this. And, right, and I'm, we're going to continue to send you again. That's and why I don't understand. That, you will place the order on the computer. You'll get in the car. <laughs> you'll go pick up the order. You won't give a second thought to the tipping. You'll just know whether or not you want to. And you'll come home with the food. It's this great, empowering feeling, isn't it? <laughs> we mentioned at the top of the podcast that some of you may be driving this Thanksgiving. Obviously, some of you, I'm sure, are flying this Thanksgiving. And the Wall Street Journal got a lot of attention this week by publishing their rankings. I don't know what criteria they use. I don't subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. It's behind a paywall, and I'm just looking at the the rankings themselves. But they've ranked the top 20 busiest, most trafficked airports in the nation by quality. Their favorite, the best of the 20, ranked from 1 to 20. So some of them are, are not good, but... I think people understand what rankings are. I don't know yes, why I'm explaining But that. this is large airports. So, for example, Hartford-Bradley Airport's not on here because it's considered a smaller airport. I think it's the best small airport in the country. But they listed their rankings of the best larger airports in the country. Number one they have is Denver. I don't really fly through Denver at all because I'm not a United person. And I think United, that's one of their hubs. And the last time I th- flew through Den- Denver was a couple years ago when the Final Four was in Denver, and it was a fine airport. It's also different flying through Denver and flying into Denver because you're flying into Denver and then going into Denver itself. Right. You've got a very long, presumably, Uber drive ahead of you. Perhaps. And then they had Orlando listed second. I don't love the Orlando airport. Our kids do because they've got all the stores with all the Disney stuff and the Universal stuff that's for sale. Kids do because you're arriving in Orlando. You're going to Disney World. Right, exactly. Orlando is... uh, um, It's... You know, you have to take that shuttle. You know, the kids once like sh- that, though. Yeah, the kids do like that. Fe- it has Phoenix in there. Phoenix is interesting. I, f- I flew in there this summer. Normally, I fly into there on Delta, and that takes you to one of the older terminals, and they're kind of gross. But they've started redoing their terminals, and some of their new- newer terminals are actually quite nice. So I'm guessing that's what got Phoenix up there. You got Atlanta on there. I love the Atlanta airport. It's super busy, but it's easy when you're going from terminal to terminal, if you choose to walk, which I normally do, instead of taking the shuttle bus, it's you know they've got hallways that are like museums. But if you're running late, it's it's a nightmare. I've sprinted through Atlanta Airport from one terminal to two terminals down. Yeah, that can be difficult. But um, but if you're not running late, it's a nice airport. Dallas Fort Worth. I'm not a fan of Dallas at all. That airport. Um, they had a nice little park for kids there when the kids were little. Oh, that's right, with a little uh, airplane slide. I do remember that. Las Vegas, I haven't been in there in years. Seattle. I, I was in Las Vegas a couple of couple of years ago, and uh, that's where I bled all over the uh, the white tile bathroom and floor there. What uh, was? Why were you bleeding? Was it a nosebleed? It was after the uh, the uh, Mayweather Pacquiao fight at two o'clock in the morning. I was flying back home through Detroit, and I w- had bought a white Panama hat as a bald man in the desert to tide me over, and and I didn't look ridiculous all in Las Vegas. I did, of course, anytime I wore it afterwards. But uh, I just had a spontaneous nosebleed from the dry air in the bathroom. And as a result, my hands were covered with blood. Um, I, and I had taken my hat off, and my white hat was covered with blood. And when I went through airport security at the Las Vegas airport at 2 o'clock in the morning, because I, did, I had checked out of the hotel, covered the fight, was now coming home on like a 6 a.m. flight to Detroit, the guy at TSA didn't bat an eye at my, at my hat covered in bloody handprints and my face caked with, with dried blood because I, I have a feeling that happens 15 times a night on a Saturday night at Las Vegas Airport. I'm sure it does. But um, I, I would just say Phoenix is ranked number three there, and I think that's largely because 
it has the coolest airport name anywhere sky harbor yes that is a cool name and we'll just do a couple of the high points seattle at seven great airport minneapolis at 11 a great airport except if you're flying to minneapolis from hartford you always get the absolute farthest gate from the baggage claim. it's a corn maze to get anywhere it's it's you will walk 15 minutes after you land to get to um, the rental car area or whatever but still a great airport and, and the, the best thing about minneapolis airport is Minneapolis St. Paul MSP is when you land there, you're in Minneapolis. Right. Well, most of the time I land there, I'm connecting to go somewhere else, but I do like it when I'm landing there to stay there. Detroit's at 14. I think that's a phenomenal airport. I really like Detroit Airport, even if it's just for the jumping water that's in the uh, main concourse there with the music. Um, Chicago at 15. It all depends on the terminal. That the the United Terminal Understand. There is not it, great. It, it's just ranking the the 20 biggest airports. So these ones that you're getting to towards the bottom, these are not. They're not saying this is the 15th best in America. They're saying these are the worst right. of the big airports. Right. So uh, so anyway, Minneapolis. The bottom, the bottom Minneapolis th- should probably be a little higher. That's a real. That's a good airport. The bottom three are LaGuardia, JFK, and Newark. Newark dead last. I don't agree with that. But uh, and then Philadelphia at 17. I ever I've haven't flown through there much, but I believe every single time I've flown through there, I've thought, what a terrible airport. <laughs> so anyway, for people who are flying through or to all of those places, let us know what you think. Uh, at Ball and Chain Pod is our Twitter handle. If you uh, agree that this is a great or not great airport, let us know because it's fun. We should also say that these ranking airport rankings were sent to us by producer Denny Gallagher, Denny with one N. Denny sent us a few topics that he, he would like to hear us discuss this week. And, and we've got to come, do we have a name for that? I, I would like to call this Denny's Old Curiosity Shop or maybe Denny's Curiosity Shop because these are all things Denny is curious about. And I, I'm encouraging Denny's inquisitive mind his inquisitive young mind is is searching for answers Denny and is we're here to give them to 20 him. in his early 20s so he's 24 and you want to call this denny's curiosity shop i was thinking if he sent us enough it could be like denny's dirty dozen or something how but about, how about denny's curiosity shop with two p's okay. and an e at the end of shop Okay, Denny. Well, hopefully you like this name because now we're gonna we're gonna open the doors to Denny's curiosity shop and and explore some of the questions he's thrown out to us as our producer. So, here's his first question. He says, "In light of Jim Acosta's White House credential being revoked, what are some of the worst press conferences you've been involved with?" I can't think about a, a press conference that was horrible that I was involved with. However. I was covering... The Nor can ma- you think of one that was good. Right, true. Well, there's just not a lot of press conferences that, that I am a part of. But we're covering... We're in Minnesota to cover Lindsay Whalen's last home game because she had announced she was retiring. It was her last regular season home game. It a- ended up being her last home game of her career. The arena, I think, was close to a sellout. We're at shoot-around that morning. All week leading up to that, she had been answering all kinds of questions, doing tons of interviews about this being her last game playing in Minnesota. is a really, really big deal. So Minnesota ends shoot-around. You've got a, a bunch of journalists there. Those of us from ESPN are there. So we get a separate time from her. So I was just listening to the questions that other people were asking her. So you had a couple people ask her about the emotions of playing in Minnesota for the last time in her life. She's retiring. She's, you know, going to be playing in front of all these friends and family. She's giving these great answers. And then this person asked her something about the video game Fortnite. I don't know if it was, what's your favorite Fortnite dance? I don't know what it was. And Lindsay just stopped 
looked at this person staring daggers through them and said, I don't play video games. And it was just the worst question at the worst time for for her. Like, are you kidding? You you chose this moment. And, and she only has, you know, say eight minutes with all these reporters to answer these questions because it's game day and she has to, to leave and do her stuff. And you could see the other reporters, too, seething that time was taken up from them in their legitimate questions for somebody to ask Lindsay Whale well, that about person's working, video games in Fortnite. That person's working on some video game story and it was his or her only opportunity to ask a question. That's oh. why these press conferences are so awkward. It was so bad. The most famous, uh, among sports writers anyway, press conference fiasco. It may have been at the Super Bowl. I, I can't remember the circumstances. I certainly wasn't there. This was before my time. But Jim Plunkett, the Raiders quarterback, was famously once asked by a sports writer kind of flipping through the pages of his reporter's notebook just trying to double check fact check uh, uh the piece he was working on he said uh, jim just to follow up here is it is it mother blind father dead or father blind mother dead come on that which didn't is, really happen uh, which is you know the sort of deadline driven inhumanity <laughs> Of the world of press conferences. Mother blind, fa- what was it? Was it mother blind, father dead? I, I don't or remember. Father I blind, believe both of his parents were, were blind. Is that the name of his, um, now is that the name of his uh, memoir? I'm Jim sure it's, it's memoir. not the name of his fantasy football team. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think this wraps up this week's edition of Denny's Old Curiosity Shop or no? Are no. the doors still open? Is the shopee still open? I, I think I think there's one more item to uh, pick up and handle and decide if we want to purchase at Denny's Curiosity Shop. And and this was his this was another one of his questions. He said, Condoleezza Rice is allegedly being linked to the Browns' head coaching job. What job that you're not qualified for? Well, first of all, he's assuming that Condoleezza isn't qualified for this job. I, I don't know. Isn't the verdict? Well, she 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 likes football. She seems to know plenty about football, but. Being a head coach in the NFL, um, you know, is a very specific sort of job. Skill I don't know set, that, yeah. that that So Denny's Denny's question in the curiosity shop is what job that you're not qualified for would you like to have? For me, I would like to go door to door servicing people's boilers. What about you? I would be happy if you would just service our boiler. <laughs> well, there's just so many jobs that were we're not qualified for that we would like to have or not that we'd like to have just that we're not qualified for I'm going to expound on that for a second because we talked about yesterday when somebody was coming to the door and I went and answered the door and the person that was coming to the door was coming to um, talk to us about redoing our roof we have to have our roof redone we've talked about the hailstorm that we were caught in this past spring it damaged everybody's roof in our neighborhood everyone needs a new roof so this is a guy coming to talk to us about that And when he left, he told us he was going to send us some names and phone numbers for people who they've done work for. So, you know, I could follow up and um, and see if people were were pleased. So anyway, I get a text from this guy with, with some people's names and numbers. And then he said, perhaps you know this one. He writes down the guy's name and in parentheses writes Dr. Flush. And so my response was, I don't know that person. I'm assuming he's a plumber. And the contractor texted back, he said, LOL, Dr. Flush is the aerospace engineer that invented the zero-gravity toilet for the space station in the Apollo days. He's very active with the robotics team at our local high school. So I jokingly said, oh, Dr. Flush must be a plumber. No, instead he he invented the zero-gravity toilet. So that's a job I'm not qualified for, is to invent any kind of 
anti-gravity anything, but if there was ever a need for something, it was an anti-gravity toilet. Well, I'm going to do a, an early viewer mail here before we get to viewer mail because it's toilet related. You mentioned in last week's podcast that you had flown on Air Force One and the steward on Air Force One asked if you wanted your picture taken on the president's toilet and you declined. And you said that in hindsight, you wished you had done it. Yes. And Lori writes into a ball and chain pod at gmail.com. Lori writes, Rebecca commented about the Clinton's toilet on Air Force One and said that in hindsight, she wished she had taken a picture. And she, she puts in bold, hind, H-I-N-D, sight, S-I-T-E. Steve, I can't believe you let that one go without comment that in hindsight, you <laughs> wish you had taken a, your photo on this hind site. Well, there you go. And and just for the record. Th- that, yes, there you go. There, there you go. That just for the record, the seat would have been down and my pants would have been up and it just would have been a fun photo op. And on that same note, while I'm thinking of it, somebody else, we had talked last week about the uh, the air hand dryers in bathrooms. Yes. And that they're just really sucking in the the foul air of the bathroom and blowing it onto your hands. And I had mentioned that those those hand dryers had always given me pause. And somebody, I wish I had it in front of me now, replied on Twitter, the hand dryers gave you pause, P-A-W-S. Uh-huh. That's a sign that uh, perhaps you should stop using that. <laughs> okay, now I think we can close the door the doors on Denny's Curiosity Shop. However, I think, Denny, this needs to become a regular part of our podcast. So next week, hopefully, we will be once again opening the doors. Perhaps a creaking uh, hinge on, on Denny's, the doors to Denny's old Curiosity Shop. And then after the door opens and the creaking stops, you walk in and there's some pounding bass or some other... Grandfather clock ticking. Yes, an, an, an unexpected noise coming, you know, like, how great would that be to go to, into an antique shop and have some hip-hop just blaring out of a speaker somewhere. It would be so absolutely unexpected. That's kind of how I envision Denny's Curiosity Shop. Well, let's get to our voluminous viewer mail uh, at ballandchainpod at gmail.com. And on Twitter, it's... Twitter, it's ballandchainpod. And on Instagram, it's ballandchainpodcast. I'll find something to post on there. I forgot last week to post the answers to our awesome crossword puzzle, so I will remember to do that this week. And post that picture of the mugs we got as well. But first, let's get to the new, spanking new, Tom, Dick, and Hari viewer mail theme. Big bad hook, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first letter this week comes in at the Gmail address, and it is from, this is from Rachel in Idaho, formerly of Utah, adjusting to Idaho. That sounds like a sign-off in a, in a uh, Dear Abby column or something, but nobody knows what Dear Abby is anyway. Good afternoon, Rebecca and Steve. My husband and I went on a cruise and had a great time, but I'm 100% sure that a cruise is one of the best places to people watch and observe day drinking, a frequent topic of this podcast. Um, Rachel writes that uh, she and her husband got up in the morning to watch the sunrise. We went inside to get our breakfast at 7.30 a.m., and the line was forming at the bar, the bar that opened at 8 People still in their pajamas. I guess if you pay $60 a day for all you can drink, you may as well get your money's worth and know they weren't ordering mimosas or Bloody Marys. It was any and every drink you can imagine. Also, uh, uh, Rachel, and, and I, we won't count this as an official Uber confession, though it's it's a good Uber story. It's actually a Lyft story. Um, we, She and her husband, Ben, sat in the back of the car. They, they flew to Long Beach. They uh, ordered a Lyft. 
The lift arrived and um, there was this notification. She sends a screenshot of it. Your lift driver is deaf or hard of hearing, so text instead of calling. You can also say hello or thank you in American Sign Language. And there's a link. Uh, so her, her um, thought that she might have an Uber confession, she didn't have a conversation with her lift driver. We sat in the back of the car listening to music that was loud enough so that the driver could feel the beat. And uh, next time um, we may get a driver that uh, will tell her her life story. This was not it. Um, can we can we go back to the cruise story for a second? Yeah. I've been on one cruise in my life. That was a couple years ago. We went on a family cruise and it was we had a nice time. How many days was that cruise? It was like it was five. five days. Yeah, which to me was the perfect amount of time. I was talking to a friend recently, and uh, she and her husband had talked a little bit about possibly going on a cruise, and I think they had talked about a four or five day cruise. And then the next thing she knew, her husband booked the cruise, and I think it's a 12 or 14 day cruise. And that changes things quite a bit. But also, when we went on our five day cruise, I remember thinking, this is the right amount of time. I think I could handle a seven day cruise, but a 14 day cruise, I guess it's one thing if you're in Europe or anywhere where you know, if you're know you seeing a lot of sights, you're, you're not on the boat all that much, you're getting off to, to explore and sightsee. But especially if you're, you know, in the Caribbean or somewhere where almost the entirety of the cruise is spent on the ship, I think that would be a miserable way to spend 14 yeah, days. I don't, I don't like package tours to begin with. I like, to, I like to go where I want to go when I want to go there. I understand the appeal for a lot of people. Um, you know, you don't have to do anything on a tour. But I'm talking about like if you're on just a well, cruise, no, where, cruise, where the, where the, you know, the ends and the means are the same thing. You're just on a boat. The cruise is the ultimate experience of that because everything is taken care of for you and, and you can't go anywhere unless you dock somewhere and then they, they take you on some excursion. I'm just wondering, like, would you ever go on a Caribbean cruise for 14 days? Like, was that something that would appeal to you in, in, in any way? Being on a boat for 14 days no matter where it is would it ever appeal to you to be on a boat for 14 days not for me but i'm not i'm not an aquatic mammal <laughs> well i don't think an aquatic mammal would want to be on a boat either they'd want to be in the water that's true all right this one came from brian and this was to gmail and he said so my wife is traveling last week and i'm in the frozen food aisle at the supermarket i see the white castle in the case but sorry steve just couldn't pull the trigger He's a big fan of rat burgers, but have to get them fresh. Is rat burger something they sell at White Castle? That's not something they sell at White Castle. That would be that would be uh, Is probably that something illegal. You, what what do you call White Castle? There there are many 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 nicknames for for the White Castle slider. Um, so that's not something special about that burger that makes it a rat burger, in the slang. Like is a is a rat burger the same as a slider or? Is there anything that makes are, it a rat burger? I think burger? There, are, there are a thousand regional variations on okay. that. But, uh, so, so anyway. It does back, not contain actual rat. Back to Brian. He said his normal dinner routine if his wife is traveling for, for three days. First day, they eat out. Okay, that's easy. Second day, breakfast for dinner. Makes sense. Can be pancakes, can be eggs, can be French toast, whatever you got going on there. And number three is my favorite. He cooks a real meal. His definition of a real meal is a meat doesn't say if it's a melting meat in the crock pot a meat a side and a veggie see i would be okay with that if i'm gone for a couple of days if one of them you did a real real meal that included a meat a side and a veggie i would that and and even better if you served it and none of it fell on the floor first before it was consumed i would consider that a win well it's funny you should say that because dr gary siegel our, our staff gynecologist writes in that uh, Steve I'm I'm also a forgetful clumsy husband your life your loving wife 
puts some meat in the crock pot so that she will protect her children from White Castle burgers or breakfast for dinner. So it's not terribly hard for you to buy a couple of bags of green beans in the produce section. They come prepackaged in one-pound bags. And then wash them, cut off the tips, and pop them into the microwave. Similarly, there are pre-made mashed potatoes in the refrigerated section, and they're awfully easy to put into the oven. You would make Rebecca feel so much better by providing a starch and a vegetable for the children, irrespective of whether they actually ate them or not. Lastly, they all deserve ice cream while in the bathtub. See, Dr. Siegel, exactly. And and even take it a step further, now you can get the bag of green beans where they've already been washed and the tips have been cut, and you just put the bag itself right into the microwave. They can have some steamed green beans. I like his idea. They can be mashed potatoes and a meat. Like, thank you, Dr. Siegel. I understand that Dr. Siegel is the same man who who has eaten frozen fun-sized Snickers straight out of the freezer. As he writes, when you eat them frozen, you can break a dental crown. When I did that a couple of years ago, my friend and dentist said, quote, it's like eating rocks. It cost them $1,500 to learn that lesson. Yeah, so maybe Snickers is not the candy bar that you want to put in the freezer. Oh, I, I don't he also think... remembers a classic candy from his Halloween days, sugar babies. Sugar babies and the like were considered filling pullers in his house and, and thus barred. But do you remember sugar babies? I don't remember sugar babies at all. I remember, I think at least once in my life I've been called sugar baby, but I don't remember them as a candy. By, by the person checking you out at the grocery? <laughs> exactly right. And this comes to our... Or by the person servicing your boiler. <laughs> A little bit of from column A and a little from column B. This is came to our Twitter account. This is from Tanya. She said I had and she sends a picture. I will retweet this. I had never heard of a whatchamacallit until your show this week. My daughter and I found one at Rite Aid and had to try it. It was amazingly delicious. Peanut butter rice crispy treat is what her daughter called it. The peanut butter rice crispy treat. That's actually a great description for the Whatchamacallit candy bar. So anyway, if anyone sees a Whatchamacallit in a Rite Aid, a CVS, anywhere where candy is sold, and you've never tried a Whatchamacallit, do me a favor and have a Whatchamacallit. It is not one of the candy bars that you put in the freezer. You want that one room temperature. Josh in Wyoming similarly re- recommends Five Farms County Cork Ireland Irish Cream Liqueur, single batch Irish Cream Liqueur. He sends me a, a photograph of it. Perhaps we can post that. He says, you have to refrigerate this, but OMG, it's awesome. I don't believe you have to refrigerate it. You don't have to refrigerate Bailey's. Why would you have to refrigerate this? But it, it looks like it's right. Well, l- it was last Thanksgiving when um, your brother, sister-in-law, and their family came to visit us. And we made some homemade Irish cream. That you had and to refrigerate. that yeah. you had to refrigerate. So probably the, the, the more homemade, the more, you know, less commercialized the product is you probably do have to you only have it. to refrigerate it if you don't drink it in, in one go obviously right with your with your nog with your almond nog uh finally denise and glastonbury our staff birder sends us her completed crossword that rachel had made excellent rachel has made a second crossword by the way we should post that we will post Fantastic. that as well yes and uh, uh, she writes, as a P.S., I had never heard the word dongle before your podcast, but I had to decipher some instructions that came with my Fitbit, and it was the only thing that seemed to match, so I stuck the dongle in my CPU, and it still doesn't sync. Perhaps Denny could advise on a dongle CPU connections. So Denny, connections. her dongle and her CPU, it didn't work. That'll be, uh, that'll be something we can explore next week on Denny's. Non-working dongles next week on Denny's old curiosity shop. His old curiosity shop. Well, on that note... We're, we're grateful for all of you listening, to Tom, Dick, and Harry for their wonderful theme song, to Denny with one end for, for producing. For those who are listening this week, have a terrific Thanksgiving. Hope you had a terrific Thanksgiving. And uh, our gift to you on this Thanksgiving is a little ditty from Tom, Dick, and Harry. Play us out. 
says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane, who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.